0: The contents of this podcast is for general information only and does not constitute financial advice or consider individual circumstances. Please seek your own independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice before making investment decisions. It is Decoding Crypto, coming to you from Brisbane and Dubai. We are truly an international podcast today. I'm Ed Stott, and my co-host is Ben Simpson. He is the CEO of Collective Shift, and he is living out his crypto bro dreams in Dubai. How are you going, Ben?
1: I'm going fantastic, Ed. A little bit of a sore back. I rode on a camel on the weekend, which was fun. Uh, (laughs) Just getting getting away from the charts, and uh, rode a camel, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's a good look for you, Ben. It's a good look. So what I wanted to talk to you about today, we're having a conversation at Nova in our team meeting that we have every Friday because lots of us are remote. And we were talking, I was basically orange pilling everyone on Bitcoin, which is what we did last episode. If you haven't listened to it and you're unsure on Bitcoin, Take a listen. You'll be convinced at the end of it. Basically, I was having that same conversation with my colleagues. And um, one of my colleagues said, oh, so if I want to invest in Bitcoin, what I should do is I should not have a coffee every week and I should take that money and put it into Bitcoin. It kind of uh, emphasised to me the approach that lots of people come into investing, whether that's in cryptocurrency or traditional finance with, which is that they have to scrimp and save and hold on to every penny to even be able to get into crypto or invest in crypto, which is just not true. So this episode... What we want to talk about is investing strategies and how to find money to invest. So Ben, what's, you, what's your attitude to that kind of approach to investment where, you, where you're scrimping and saving and trying to take lots of little bits of money? I suppose it's like the looking after the pennies and the pounds to look after themselves kind of yeah. tool.
1: So I, the way I first started out, like I come from a pretty low socioeconomic family. We come from Tasmania. like. Sharing a bunk bed with my brother till I was like 18, right? So, like, I had to kind of figure this out on my own from a young age. I found like getting a second job was really good. Uh, so, I was mm. a basketball referee earning um, money through uh, refereeing on court, and then they, then they did different like social games where I get extra cash and basically any way to try and make more money. So, I think with your colleague there, Ed, like her instant thought was more of a limiting, limiting mindset of like, okay, here's the amount of money I earn. I earn I don't know what, let's say 500 bucks a week. That's all I can spend. How And I'm spending $500 a week right now. How can I save money to, to put into crypto? Well, if you flip that mindset and go, okay, I'm currently earning, let's just say $500 a week. How can I earn 600? What are the things I could do there? Is it a second job? Is it negotiating my salary? Is it asking my boss? Is there additional work to do? Is it taking my skill set and then becoming... You know, offering it to other people, other businesses, becoming a consultant, going on Fiverr. So Ed, for example, you're like a you know a wizard when it comes to podcast editing. Like if you were looking for more cash, maybe you could go on Fiverr and offering your podcast services to someone else on top of Nova. For me, I, own, I know crypto. I could consult other people wanting to get into crypto, or I could go back and basketball referee. Think about ways of increasing your income. The other way of like looking at saving. I don't look at the smallest denominator factor. Like if I. Let's say, for example, in my business, we need to make some cuts. I'm not looking at the small subscription or looking at the coffee bill I make. I'm looking at the big Mm. fat expenses. What are the big things that I can make today that are gonna change that? Is that my, from a personal level, is it my rent? I recently um, started traveling and was like, well, I don't really need to, I'm not in Australia that much, so got rid of my rental. I don't pay any rent. That was $420 a week I'm now saving, not $3 a week. That's a big chunk of savings. Mm. I'm about to sell my car because I'm not in Australia. That's a big chunk of cash. These are things where like, we're talking bigger lump sums of money where we can either save or increase that are going to give us a bigger substantial investment or opportunity to make more than trying to just save on the little, it's not that you can't do it, you know, save on your $5 coffee. But for me, I love my coffee. I'm going to feel like shit. I'm probably going to get less work done. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to want to work more. I'm not going to want to referee because I can't have my coffee in the morning because I feel like shit and I want to go back to bed. I'd rather have my coffee, feel great, do extra work and make more than do the small thing.
0: Like we always say this, that when you come into crypto... Uh, you start to study everything about finance and you start to understand a lot more about how traditional markets work so that in turn you can understand crypto. And that's one of the brilliant things about getting into crypto, even if you never invest. Like The fact that you have a clear understanding of money is never going to be a disservice to you. But one of the things that I think is really important when you're starting to think about investing and you're starting to think about where you put your money is to go back and have a think about some of those money stories that you tell yourself that no longer serve you. So what what was your parents' approach to money? What did they think about money? How did how has that affected the way that you in, in turn treat money? And I think one of the big things for women is that in the media, you know, most stories refer to that refer to women talk about women having to save having to keep control of money because the expectation is that you're not going to earn enough money so it's like saving women should be careful with their money whereas men can go out and make more money so those narratives to look at the way that they're affecting your psyche and how they're actually affecting the way that you approach money i think is so important it's a really big deal
1: yeah i think looking at questioning those beliefs, as you said, Ed. Because when you start thinking about it, it's like, well, why, why do people say that? Like, where does that come from? Who's saying that? Is that really true? Um, I'm just questioning that. Because the other thing mm-hmm. as well, like mm-hmm. savings right now in this economy, there's this thing called inflation. And inflation is at record highs. It's 8% per year. So what that means is that the cost of everything on average, and by the way, it's a lot more than 8% in real life, but that's just the way they calculate it, is at 8%. So if you hold dollars, AUD, you have $1. Every year, that dollar can buy you 8% less each year. So the longer you hold AUD, the less it's worth, just mm. physically, like that's just that's just the way it is. And it's actually more than 8%. Mm. You look at property, property has more than doubled in the last, what, three or four years. That is the real cost of, of inflation. The cost of living is going up and buying assets like gold, Bitcoin, property are the things that keep uh, your assets moving up with inflation. Cash does not. Cash stays cash. You lose your purchasing power.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing is is that one of the things that puts a lot of people off investing is this all or nothing approach. The idea that if you're not buying a whole Bitcoin or a whole ETH there's no point in investing when that's absolutely not true you know you should put because crypto is an uncertain thing you should put in whatever you can afford to lose so whether that's a hundred dollars or you know if you're going to put in a hundred dollars every month for the next six months and then you spread out the risk it's called dollar cost averaging where you kind of the rate that you pay for the crypto across that time evens out. So you're not gonna pick the top, you're not gonna pick the bottom. That's never gonna happen. Let go of that. Um what but, but what you do is you spread that cost across those six months. But the way to do it, I think, is to just start. You know, start investing. Put a bit here, put a bit there. And don't think that because you don't have a lot of money to put in that this is not for you because it absolutely is. And the other thing that people think about cryptocurrency is that, well, I've missed the boat. It's gone. It's done. Like it's, you know, the bubble's popped. It's done. But when you think about how early we are in crypto, you have not missed the boat. You know, and we're seeing more and more uptake. We're seeing governments you know, more investment from governments, more investment from tech sectors. These are all really good signs for crypto. And I think, obviously, you have to take into account your personal circumstances. And this is absolutely not financial advice. But I'm just saying that I think you can't limit yourself because you think that you have to go all in, because you absolutely don't. That's not true. You can... And do what is best for you in your personal circumstances.
1: Totally agree. And and and, and I'm not sure about you, but I certainly had that unit bias. Like when I get into crypto, I'm like, oh, geez, I don't want to buy a hundred bucks. Like I want to buy a whole Bitcoin. Like, you know, I want it all or nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah, real yeah. all or nothing sort of guy. But the reality is that's not always possible and you do need to force yourself. So for me, what works for me is that I don't like buying crypto every week and going in and logging in and getting my ledger and like, it's just such a pain in the ass. So what I did for two years was I actually used a service called Get Paid in Bitcoin, where you can connect in your mm-hmm. payroll into Bitcoin, into the Bitcoin wallet, and you can take a percentage of your wage. So you can put 10% of your wage into Bitcoin automatically each week. Your your employer doesn't have to do anything. It connects into zero. You get your pay slips, you give it your Bitcoin um, address, and every week it just deposits uh, however much of your wage into Bitcoin. Automatically, you don't need to worry about it, you don't need to touch it. So it's a really stress-free way of dollar cost averaging into crypto without having to wait for that money to hit your account and then going by it. You can just automatically make it happen. And I think automation is a to success in a lot of investing um, strategies.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad we had this chat because I, I think when you have those conversations, you know, you and I were pretty in the bubble when you have these conversations. You can't—you tend to get a bit deep into the crypto world. But when when we talk to people who, you know, who we, who perhaps aren't as deep into crypto and you start to realize that some of the barriers that are, are coming up for them in terms of investing that aren't actually real barriers, I think it's a definitely a worthwhile conversation um, to have. Ben, we've kept you long enough. I'm sure you camel's getting impatient outside, so we better let you go. <laughs> We'll catch you again on Friday. Hopefully, Camel brings you back. Let us know how you get if on. If I'm not
1: here on Friday, you know where I am.